Unloose the goose. We'll take no views. Your paradigm's run out of time and we've got no use. Unloose the goose. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. We are live with episode 57 of Unloose the Goose, the Agorist Solutions Podcast. We've got a wonderful gaggle here for you today. And today we're going to be talking about a tale of two Americas. We are going to share some insights and views on how there's this split, there's this big dichotomy between the way people think, the way people behave, the way people relate to one another. And this split was already there, but it's getting even worse. And Brian here, who's new to the gaggle, he's up in Seattle, God bless him. He's going to share some of his experience being a free man in an unfreed land. We're also joined by Nicole and Niti. How are all of y'all doing? Excellent. Great. I'm having a great day, even though it's rainy. It's still a great day. Yeah. It's beautiful and sunny here in Raleigh, North Carolina today. Nice. It's starting to get a little chilly here in Texas, surprisingly. Had the windows open really? last night. Felt great. Wow. Well, I mean, when it's like 80, we think it's chilly <laughs> here in Texas. So maybe 78. Got to put a sweater on. Hey, nice oh. shirt, Niti. I don't care. I like that. It's a nihilist look. Good stuff. It's, 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 my, it's my thing, you know. I, especially these days, right? I'm teaching everybody how, how love is the most powerful weapon that we have and that, um, you know, there's always great love here for you. Love is more powerful than nuclear bombs and all the guns and bullets that you could ever use. And, um, but you, you know, you have to be able to love people from your highest, um, self, which means that you're not, um, actually, uh, shaped by, intimidated by, worried about, or walking in somebody else's truth. So love is, you know, about truth. And that truth is, has to be 100% yours authentically. And that's the reason why I don't care. Because I can't care about things I don't have any control over. It, it's really right. funny. I just got done with a road trip to Kansas and back over the weekend last weekend. And I was wearing that shirt in a gas station <laughs> Out in the middle of nowhere in Missouri, and this dude like stops me. I love your shirt. <laughs> I was like, we got to read the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Excellent, excellent. Hey, there's John Dowie. How are you? Better late than never. Welcome to the crew. Yeah, man. How are you? Good, good. He's got Hong Kong mother effer. <laughs> that's pretty good. Good stuff. Oh, that's Look cute. That. All right, what's everybody drinking today? What's everybody sipping on? I have my mug with Unicorn the Dinosaur that my niece gave me for Christmas. I know you would have never guessed that. Oh, with tea, cute. of all things. That's Just so a new cute. herbal tea that Patrick Rohrman's wife gave me. I was up visiting them, and it's, it's like a cinnamon tea. It's really good. Guatemalan, medium dark, Mount Flores. It's a beautiful coffee. Very nice. I got some hollow roast in my glass. Good stuff. Oh, there, oh, there he is. Yeah, man. I had to move the baby bassinet to grab a beer. <laughs> Father of the year. Father of the year. Father with some beer. I'm drinking some great <laughs> botanicals kratom. Yeah. Got a new nice mug here you can purchase. 
Uh, sipping on some super green dragon and white lightning and green manga. Nice little, nice little blend. So cheers to everyone and cheers to all the viewers. Cheers, guys. Cheers, everybody. Right. Let's get right down to it. So, as you may well know, we've been experiencing some pretty crazy things the past uh, going on two years now, year and a half. This whole COVID nineteen pandemic, plandemic, scamdemic, and you know. It would have been one thing if there was just this virus that spread all around the world and caused trouble, whether it's man-made or not or whatever. Some people don't even think there is a virus. I'm pretty damn sure there is, and it was made in a lab in China. But what is really harmful and alarming and creating all sorts of waves and changes, big, big picture changes that aren't going to go away, uh, is the government's response to COVID with the lockdowns and the mandates. And on top of that, the way that people are just so divided and against one another, families breaking up, people getting disinvited to weddings and, and engagements and parties because they didn't take the vaccine, for example, anti-mask, pro-mask, COVID-idiot, mask hole. I don't even know which part of the aisle I'm on these days. Am I a mask hole because I don't wear a mask or the, is the mask hole the guy that's wearing his mask in his car by himself? I don't know. All I do Woo! know is that uh, we're living in a clown world. So... Uh, Brian, one of the newest geese, uh, lives up in Seattle, I guess. So that's got to be a different experience from us in Tennessee and in Florida and some of these freer political jurisdictions. Why don't you share with us what that's been like? It, uh, well, remember, we were first when it first hit the U.S. It was that old folks home up by Microsoft. Yep. Um, and they went on full terror alert here you guys forget we were within weeks. Um, it took, I think it took the rest of the country months to get locked down. Um, so yeah, there was a, it was weird descending into like the, I saw it for what it was super early. Cause I was involved in a, in a, uh, that's a whole long story. But anyway, I knew it was a scam within 14 days, 100% with my own eyes. So, just watching it devolve and the basically just being spoon fed crap and knowing a hundred percent that it was crap was just maddening. But you know, you have to get through it, right? So you said something about a wave earlier. That's the trick. Once you realize it's an insane society or you're in an insane mob, right? The best you can do is find a place in the mob where you're not going to get a brick in the head. All right. So that's, that's what we can hope for now, not to get hit with the brick, huh? Well, I mean, they're closing, I mean, closing your businesses down, throwing your kids out of school. Um, I think 2200 Washington state patrol, like effectively got fired today um, yep. for not getting vaxxed. So what? we, we were charging you more if your spouse is not vaxxed. Oh, wait, yeah, wait, yeah. Oh, wait, what? Yeah, you know, yeah, we lost, I think, to a 2200 state patrol didn't get vaxxed or something. It, it's a crazy number, but I think today was their drop dead day because wow. they've been, they've day. been having throwing union rules and all kinds of thing to get like one more, one more one week repair. It's, I think it all ended and they're, they're out. So the nurses got chucked last week. Man. Uh, school teachers the week before. So now it's descending into no cash, no cash is starting to hit. So, 
Yeah, a lot of like violence is going up. It's, yeah, it's, it's violence. It's getting to be yeah, it's getting to be where Tacoma was in the eighties. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. like a society in decay, civilization in in decline. I don't know, y'all. I mean, are y'all familiar with the um, with like all the Flexner these- report? <laughs> <laughs> okay, John Bush. No, I was just saying about the alternate, um, you know, societies and the alternate uh, paths that we've all established. Um, like, you know, if you go to gab.com, they have like a whole uh, group of people that are offering jobs without jabs. Yeah. And, um, and I know here locally, like, you know, we're connecting people. They're not even familiar, John, with all the freedom cell thing. Like I've been trying to get them to take some of your classes. Um, but I mean, you could call it the freedom cell network here locally. Cause I don't, that's what I call them. Cause I don't know what else to call them. But um, we have this whole alternate universe, basically, of teachers who are starting to put together five to ten, you know, kids that they're Love teaching. It. Parents are just paying them, you know, independently. Um, so there's a lot of that kind of thing going on around here. And I was actually going to get we have a, a lot of holistic physicians who are part of my CSA and also registered nurses and other medical professionals who are now all kind of, you know, most of them were very deliberately and intentionally planning other pathways already because they knew they weren't going to participate and they knew about this for years. It's nothing new to them. And so we've been, you know, working collectively to come up with ways to promote them. I was going to start doing potluck dinners here for people to get to know some of those, um, people in our community here locally, because a lot of folks are like, what happens if we have an accident? We don't want to go to the hospital because we don't want to deal with, you know, all the crazy. I know a lot of folks in my membership have been worried about, you know, what if we actually need blood? Are they taking blood from people who have been vaccinated? Cause I don't want any vaccinated blood. I mean, I think I'm just opening up a can of worms here with this, but that's all right. You see what I'm getting at, right? Like, you know, yeah. so there was a hospital that just uh, announced in Colorado, I think, that they're declining yep. to do organ transplants on folks that are unvaccinated. Yeah, it's a kidney transplant patient who needs it now, has a donor. They're both unvaccinated. And in the summer, reached out to the hospital and said, is that going to be a problem? And they said, no, just announced this week they won't do the surgery. And the hospital's justification is that you are you have a 30% chance 20 to 30% chance of death if you contract covid after an organ transplant. And so they're not willing to do the surgery and now the person's left scrambling for another hospital. What I want to know is how is that not going to turn into a lawsuit? Because they're just refusing care and yeah, discriminating on Hippocratic oath. Yeah. Oh there that there is none of that John remember because of the Flexner report. There's no yeah, it's all corporate now. Well, back to the Flexner report today, huh? Uh, already. <laughs> I mean, he, brought, he brought it up. He brought it up. He did. I, I, he came but out. Every swinging. new crackdown is a new opportunity for a business. That's exactly. Right. Right. They started exactly. talking about the bull crap about the not flying over the holidays. So I put another ad back up on social media today for West Coast unvaxxed transport. Anywhere you want to go. Just take Are the you money. a pilot? I drive really fast. I get you to LA in 24 <laughs> hours. 
Wait, I saw, I saw, is it a picture of like a squished Lamborghini or something? Yeah, that's me. I will take you anywhere you want to go on the West Coast for about four times airfare. Well, I hope you have a a taxi license for that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Here's a minute right here. That's a middle (laughs) podcast audience. Well, I appreciate that sentiment. And it's really important that we all actively choose. We choose yeah. to be empowered and not fall victim to this and recognize that in many ways, it should be an honor to be alive in this time because it's a great time of transition and we're really finding our tribe and people are now motivated more than ever to, to make change and people are, are seizing opportunities. Dowie, isn't it the case that you you like started a new business because of all this COVID stuff? Yeah, I added to my business, uh, I guess I could say, I mean, there's a whole new section of the business. I just call it Dowie farm still. Um, <laughs> it, we were going to grow some, I talked about it in the last show quite a bit. So I just breeze through it now, but we were going to, we were looking to grow some lettuce hydroponically and we kind of stumbled into some barrel, uh, like re- upcycled barrel sales. Um, that, that went well crazy. for a while. It has trickled off, but it's trickled off just in time for them to, you know, the uh, overlords to allow restaurants to be open to full capacity. But now we are, um, you know, we're selling to restaurants again with our, you know, the microgreens and the, the other farm products uh, that you see up, look at right there. Um, so, <laughs> but yeah, and that's still going. I, I kind of have it in autopilot right now, but I was doing a lot of deliveries and stuff with that because, you know, we have the truck and trailer, might as well put it to work. Um, it changed a lot. Most of the people up here, it's weird, man. Like if you just read the news, obviously everybody's pro-vaccine and you're the weirdo for not wanting to do it, you know? But then you get to talking to people and like people that come to my house to buy barrels are not in that world at all. So we'll leave it at that if they even talk about it. Um, I find most people are pretty just accepting of, you know, oh, you don't want to get it. Okay, that's your choice. Like that's the the common theme I run into. And um, it's 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 nice because it's like just basic common courtesy, if you ask me, you know, like I know people walking up being like, hey, have you been vaccinated against measles? You know, like who, who does that? You know, so, you know, the, the tone up here is that I drive into Boston every week, twice. You know, I still see a lot of people with the mask on outside. You know, it's like maybe 10 percent, but I, I still see the 90 percent. But but the people I run into that are like, I guess the common theme is people that are doing anything they're, they're more normal, you know? And it's the people I run into that like, they don't have a job or like, you know, they're on the, on Facebook all day or something freaking out. Those are the ones that are really carrying the moniker. I, my, my theory about social media for years now is all we've done is we've taken the village idiot and given the village idiot a microphone and attention. And now everybody hears this person freak out and everybody, you know, and then it creates this turmoil. But, you know, back in the day, it would have just been like, what that guy say? Like, I don't know. He's just an idiot. Move on, you know? But so when I run into regular people, everything's fine. Even like people in a restaurant, which probably a lot have been vaccinated. They're just normal, you know? Um, and you know, there's a lot of show there too, as far as that goes. Like if you go into a restaurant before it opens, no one's wearing a mask, <laughs> right? <laughs> the minute the, you know, the open light comes on, everyone's wearing a mask. And as a bonus yesterday, when I was delivering, I saw a person outside, on one of those annoying scooters with a mask on, and she wiped out. It was fantastic. <laughs> now, I, did you like throw something in the in the tire there? To not she, brought, 
crossing the street, hit the sidewalk bump, and just took off. And, and like my natural human instinct is like, oh my god, are you okay? And like I yelled that out, and she was just more embarrassed than anything, obviously. But then I drove away, and I was like, hmm. He a has mask. a much nicer natural instinct to other people's misdeeds <laughs> than I do because I can't stop laughing even if I like the person. It's just funny. Oh, like, I did you see how your butt went over your head? And I just like crack up. <laughs> can't stop. It's totally inappropriate. And then you go kick her in the ribs while but she's it's, down. It's it's you know obviously the hysteria peaked up here when we were no one knew you know and but it was just basic stuff distance mask sanitizer yada 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 right. Um, but after that cleared out, you started to really see a little bit of a divide. But the, the crazies on that side are also a vast minority. You know, just like you mentioned, the people that think that the the vac or the um, the virus doesn't exist at all, which are, those people are nuts, probably in my in my everything's my opinion. Okay, uh, those people are cra- are crazy. The other people on the other side that are like, I'm not allowing my family in my house unless they have the vaccine, just as crazy, just on the other end of that spectrum. Mm-hmm. Luckily, very few people, you know, so I'm just running into a lot of normal people. But I got to wonder if that's because, like, the people I run into are people that are working and doing stuff and are just fed up with the BS. Yeah. Every, well, that, all, that's what I was trying to worry about is that when I go out of my house and I jump in my car and I drive to the store, I go to the store and I shop and nothing is different here. Nothing. There's no show me your papers. Occasionally, somebody's wearing a mask. It's very rare. And and that's it. And then I hear stories of people wearing masks in cars. Girl, and that's I where I'm that like, it, it's got to totally be regional, too. Like, here, it's yeah. really easy to not care because nothing's different. Well, Oregon has mandated masks outside. Uh, wow. Washington is Washington is any indoor space. I think outside with so all the sporting events are supposed to all have masks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, the the gal at uh, um, Harbor Freight the other day, the customer in front of me yelled at her for not having the mask, and she was hassling him. And uh, and then I just asked her, I was like, so do you think anybody at Harbor Freight in your upline at all? cares if you enforce the mandate or if you keep the store stocked, you make your number and you keep your employees. I said, do you think enforcing this mandate will have any effect on your career progression being good with this company or are you just making yourself crazy? And she looked at her clerk who was standing there who kind of like smirked behind his mask. He could see the wink wink. And then she was like, oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, nobody cares except you right now, and you're making yourself crazy. And then she just threw her clipboard down and just went and started back to stocking stuff. So one mind, hey. It's good to strike up a conversation. I just wanted to highlight uh, this comment real quick. Uh, The personal embodiment of LSD looks great in the gaggle. Hey, oh, yeah. Are they talking about me? Are they talking uh, about Dowie? Who who are they talking about? I think I know who they're talking about. Seattle Seattle decriminalized all psychedelics today. So you are allowed to produce for yourself legally. Wow. So you're going to try LSD for the very first time then? Come to Seattle and I will guide you. Take a trip to Seattle. If only there was yeah. an event coming up you could go to. I know. Yeah. Oh, Squatch Fest. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. When is oh. that? When's Squatch okay, Fest? So yes, someone asked about it. 
So what did we do when they locked us down? We just ignored it all and just kept plowing forward. And actually, every time they go with the crazier level of lockdown, I do one more thing in the Agora. So the first thing we did was started Squatch Fest. Um, it was at first it was six days of uh, planning to like 110 people in a blackberry field playing frisbee and having a giant bonfire. Um, with six months planning, we got 150 campers for four days. We wow. had the chairwoman for the Washington State Ethnogenic Society gave a squatch talk. Uh, Anthony, uh, um, um, oh, God, why am I not thinking of his name? Uh, the guy who wrote UBI, for and Against, um, Anthony Samroff, he gave the other squatch talk. Uh, we had four days of like education and organic food and yoga in the field and sound baths. Um, so then we decided to just make it every six months. So the Heck one yeah. coming up October 21st through 24th Woo-hoo! is harvest party. So everybody can bring all the stuff that they've spent all summer making and trade amongst ourselves for whatever value for value means to you. Is um, there a website? Yeah. Uh, squatchfest.site um it it, it, it's kind of maintained uh we everything is on telegraph um the attendees group yeah on telegram attendees squatch fest um that's like that's where it's all getting organized uh tickets are only for sale for bitcoin cash i'm dragging people kicking and screaming into like the 20th century um, so it, it, it's, it, it, we just had to pick a coin cause it was chaos last time. Um, so if you actually really, really, really can't use Bitcoin cash, go on the attendees group and talk to some folks and they'll show you another way to get in. So all those, uh, pictures you're showing on the uh, website, we had an art contest all summer from the first squatch fest and paid Bitcoin cash for the prizes. So that's all original artwork that came in from our art contest this summer. Nice. So, cool. Yeah, yeah. So we're trying to like, you know, it's education, arts, and music festival. Um, nobody and gets freedom. paid. It's all volunteered. Yeah, that's the whole point. It's true freedom. Like nothing gets done unless somebody that volunteered did it. I love it. Yeah. So it's uh, it's run by a DAO. Um, so Squatch Fest is only an idea. Nobody holds funds. Nobody, do, you know, does anything. It's just a couple of us that got together in a field and decided to, we were going to make a way if people had a message they needed to get out to have a stage for them to do so. Cool. Way cool. Well, thanks and, for sharing. Yeah, yeah. It's hey, cool yeah. that y'all were able to turn out 150 people with such short notice. It really shows that there's a yeah. strong desire for people to get together and, and be together and support one another. Yeah, an exchange. I, you know, and now that there's more Freedom Fest coming, Float Fest and Agora Fest, and you know, there's people that move between the festivals. We need, uh, in the old days with the traveling salesmen before the internet back in the 1800s, you know, the real information <laughs> that got around of what was really going down was the traveling salesman. So you, you know, you have to think of it of, as like a, a, a how a fungus grows. You have like cells and then strands that reach out, right, and bring the information back. You you can't get any news through media that's reasonable, but an actual human that you know live and in person that goes to two or three events can tell you what's really going down in different regions, like for real. And yeah, you now have a contact there that you know as a human. 
that's why I'm, that's why I go to Jack's once a half a decade. <clears throat> yeah, it's like mycelium, and I think it's you know Facebook it went crazy. down yesterday. I think it was. And hey, hey, a lot of people earn a living from Facebook. It's a significant portion yes. of their advertising revenue. They're connected. They log into different stuff. All these other websites went down. And Telegram went down briefly. Uh, there was a lot of outages. It was difficult to connect because apparently a lot of folks fle fled away from WhatsApp into Telegram and, and their servers couldn't handle it. And it honestly, the Facebook thing didn't really bother me. Um, I'm trying to actually commit to myself to scroll less and read more or to post, use social media as my bitch rather than being a slave to social media, right? Post more than I consume. Uh, but with Telegram down, I actually felt vulnerable because I do a lot of business communicating with people, uh, partnerships and uh, contractors. And then a good chunk of Freedom Cell activity takes place on Telegram, on the website as well, freedomcells.org, but a significant amount of, of strategy and, and sharing about ideas and events and connecting with one another, it's on Telegram. And it just made me feel like, wow, because Facebook was down, Telegram's down. And I was like, man, if something's going to go down, this would be the perfect opportunity with people not able to communicate with one another. So it just reminded me the importance of meeting in person, uh, the importance of the good old telephone and having a phone tree, right? So it's like you have your group. And if something happens or if you need to connect with the community, you call your eight people or your three people and then they then call their people and then so on down the line. It's called a telephone chain or telephone tree. I think these kind of old school mechanisms of communication we often lose uh, sight of. But at the end of the day, they're they're pretty critical for for staying connected when all this crazy cyber polygon and Internet outages are going down. Know what I'm saying? Hundred percent. The uh, uh, so we started an agora market two weeks ago, um, and basically uh, attracted normies to come in and see what an agora market looked like. Uh, I put in the Craigslist ad: value for value, we'll take ammo, silver, any crypto. So dragged people off the street to come over and check it out. That's for sure. And then I got a chance to preach. I hope you had a permit for that. Uh-huh. <laughs> he right? has a permit for everything. He permits Middle it finger. himself. Yes, I do. Right. I grant myself many. Well, when your city actively says that you can consume heroin in public, you can inject yourself on the sidewalk in front of the mall. Do you have that's to wear a mask okay. while you're doing that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Technically, yes, right? Because that's a state law. Yeah. But no, like literally. It's not a law. Parents, can, we, can I just yeah. say, yeah. it is not a oh, law. Oh, no, it's a crazy. It is not a written, law. Written down mandate. It's, yeah, not, his a, it's not a law. And I can't believe no. I, I have my own mandate. It's called, uh, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> they'll, they'll work it all out, <laughs> sue each other, whatever. Just ignore it all. I've been ignoring it the whole time. I'm waiting for somebody to tell me I have to care because I just don't. Yeah, it's I'm not going. I've to. been told one time. I have been told one time in Nashville, Tennessee, at a coffee shop. What? I walked in and and the mask you mandates were, were canceled. By the way, I oh. walk in, no mask. There is a sign on the door, and they're all, "You got to wear a mask." I'm like, "Can I just order from out here?" They're like, "No." <laughs> I'm like, well, I guess I'm not going to come in, and I'm not having coffee because whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, if they act like that, I, they don't need, they don't want my money. Yeah, that's what I, I'm, I'm never going like, to the best coffee shop in Nashville, so too. Not going back. 
Done. Yeah. Now, we I just can roast moved my own coffee. Austin. It's pretty dang good. Thank you. We just moved yeah. out of Austin. Like it's it's night and day, you know, between California and Oregon and Texas and Florida and Tennessee. Uh, it's also night and day here in Texas. I, I used to live in Austin, Texas, which is a big liberal kind of communist hellhole now. Uh, we just moved out to Bastrop County, which is a connected county, but it's more rural, more conservative. And in Bastrop, there are a chunk of people that still wear masks. It's it's definitely a minority, but it's present. Um, but nobody enforces it. None of the businesses or restaurants ask you to wear a mask, except yesterday we were downtown Bastrop, me and my lady, and we walk into this bookstore and I noticed they still have the sign on the door saying masks required. But a lot of people just leave that up to save face, basically, like we were talking about earlier. But as soon as we walk in, the woman's like, well, sir, masks are required. There's one by the door if you'd like. And I said, oh, masks, no thanks. And we just turned around and walked out. You know, I think at this point, if they're still trying to require masks, there's like, it's just kind of, we've, there's I think enough we've kind people. of passed that. You I know? think everybody knows that it's bullshit. But I mean, my, my thing is that, you know, it's the best time to start a new business. It's the best time to start a new business. I've been telling, I've been posting about it and talking about it, that, you know, this is the moment where you can start a business and be bold. Be bold and be brave. And when you make your business, you know, I have a, a sign on my door that says uh, mask policy, your body, your choice. We are sovereign. And and some days I regret that because I should have just put up there, um, you know, no mask bandits allowed. That's what I should have put up there. But, you know, when I when I made the sign, I, I wanted people to feel um you know, like it's your body, your choice, actually. Um, I mean, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. You do whatever you want to do. If you ever try to tell me that I have to do something to be around you or you want my children to believe that they might be able to kill you just because they're existing and they're breathing, then hell to the no. I'm less judgmental about it. If somebody wants to wear a mask, that's entirely their choice. I don't care. Um and I have friends who would prefer not to be around me because I am not vaccinated, who are vaccinated and are afraid it increases their chances of getting something. And I'm not going to hate them for it. I'll just be their digital friend from afar. I don't need to, to worry about it. That's the thing. I just I'm not that worried about it. And I do have a refugee coming to my to my Thanksgiving who was told not to go to their family Thanksgiving because they're not vaccinated. Aww. And that's, that's terrible. Sad. That's the part that's killing me. Like there are people in my family who have it, people who don't. We we know who who each other is and it's not a big deal. And then yeah. there are people who are very very worried. Most of my like the friends who do this have underlying health conditions and and I'm like that's fine. Um you know, you also didn't around, want me around you when I had a cold. So I get it. Whatever. You do you. I'm going to be over here living my life. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I mean, mutual respect and just kind of let uh, live and let live, let it be. Everything's going to yeah. be all right, man. My family's cool. Um, most of them are vaccinated except for me and my brother, but they were all like reluctant to take the vaccine and just did it because it just seems like it's the thing to do. And then my uncle got COVID and died. I don't know if he died from or with COVID. Uh, but he was one of the people that thought it was total BS. He was like deep into a lot of Q stuff. It's funny because my sister, you know, was doing a little eulogy thing and, and uh, was like, you know, it, he was our crazy uncle. Right. And we loved him for it. 
And I was like, he was not that crazy because a lot of most of what he said is totally true. But he he thought it was total BS. So I think it would have just clashed with his reality to admit that he got sick from that or whatever the deal is. So that was a big eye opener for some of my family members. But still, at the end of the day, they we still hang out and hug. And, you know, the challenge is that all of a sudden it for the longest time, it was like, OK, if you're not vaccinated, we don't want to be around you, right? The vaccinated people didn't want to be around the unvaccinated people. But now there's a bunch of unvaccinated people that don't want to be around the vaccinated people because of the shedding or whatever, which may or may not be true. I don't know. But it's most definitely not going to keep me from giving my mom a hug and kissing <laughs> her on the cheek. You know, it's just all about like what, where do your values lie? What's more important to you? I think there's so many shiny bright lights that people, the chaos and the confusion is too much. And, you know, at some point, you just have to be able to walk in your own truth. Like you said, John, I'm not going to not kiss my mom and hug her because she's vaccinated. And also, she's not caring about what I'm doing because she feels like she made her choice and she did her thing. And, you know, whatever. But, yeah, I don't understand. And and also, I'm also kind of annoyed, I, I have to say. Like, there's this people that are saying, you know, why do you think that we're operating in fear if we are wearing masks, like when you're that person, guys, and you're driving down the street by yourself in your own car with nobody around you and you have a mask on, then the reason that I think that you're afraid is because you don't believe that your body and your immune system is capable of managing whatever it is that it needs to manage. And if you're not that well, if you're unwell, then just stay home. Like, I don't understand what's going on. You know, we had a child who was immunocompromised. <clears throat> Do you understand? You know, like I had a, child, a daughter with cancer. We've been through hell and everything with her. But when she was having her therapy or whatever, we kept her home. I wasn't asking everybody else to change around me. We did what we needed to do for her. We weren't making everybody else do something to, you know. So, I mean, it's not like I don't get it. But what I know also is that what they were doing to her and for her wasn't in her best interest, which we have, you know, I mean, I, I, I believe differently as a side effect of that whole experience, but I don't understand the people that think that they're brave because they're caring for somebody else. If you're doing something and you're trying to make me feel like I'm not caring about you because I'm not covering my face for you, do you understand what I'm saying, John? John, both yeah. Johns, John and John. hundred okay, percent. <laughs> That's here from Dowie down there. What are your thoughts, old Mr. Dowie? You know what I noticed the other day? I went out for sushi with the wife and the kid, and my kid is afraid of people with masks on. <laughs> should be, because they're masks. Not even, not even four months. Because they yeah. look scary yeah. to a kid, hundred percent. And, I, like, I know the guy, it's a restaurant. The guy that runs the place has to wear it. You know, I get it. He's whatever. He's a nice guy. But right. he, we were going there when she was pregnant, and then we went in uh, just recently, finally, with the baby. He's, like, three and a half months old. And, like, he came over, and he's like, oh, hi, like, to the baby. And the baby started crying. And he and never, does, like, ah. never does that. Happiest baby ever. Never, ever cries at other people, ever. And then mask, instant crying. It's got to tell you something. It's not yeah. But, uh, mask well, bandit. I have, like, I have an issue with all this shit, with the, with the science. The science, right? With the vaccine, the push for the vaccine. I think we saw, we've seen enough 
flaws in the logic, all right, around this vaccine. And we're going to get banned off YouTube now, by the, the way. The lack of logic. You um, did just say vaccine three times. I'm just, I'm just going to point that out. And you just said it again. <laughs> well, why are we not allowed to say it? This is my other problem. It's not even so a vaccine. Saying, it doesn't matter if we get banned from YouTube. You're right. Why don't, you. it, why don't we call it what it is? It's a gene therapy. Thank you, John. I've been calling it the COVID shot. Yeah. It is a gene therapy. I read in like the SEC filings because these big corporations that are publicly traded, they have to do these SEC filings where they describe uh, the risks for investors and stuff. And they literally state that it is gene therapy. That's not conspiracy theory or conjecture. It's right there in their own. I got the documents right. I mean, I think that you can read, John. And so you can read the conspiracy theories. I think that's what's going on here. Yeah. I think hey, that, I wanna... um, that they finally cut off internet for Seattle, Washington, because uh, Brian Norton totally disappeared. Oh, there he is. Oh, there he is. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Well, that your I, I had to kick him. I want to play this video because we got on the topic of uh, kids and masks, and it's oh just really God. creepy, and I don't want anybody to cry or anything. Oh, I know my going to get all worked up, but oh, if people crazy. haven't seen this video, it's, it looks oh. like a preschool class. I'm just going to play it real quick here for, for the audience. I don't usually watch child abuse, but all right. I know it is child abuse. Wear a mask to school. I wear a mask to school. Hi, how's the Dario? I wear a mask to school. It helps to keep me safe. Oh my God. To keep me safe. Hi, how's the Dario? It helps to keep me safe. It keeps my friends safe. It keeps my friends safe. Wow. I hold the Dario. It keeps my friends safe. And let me see a hooray. Put your hands up in the air. All right, real quick, you can tell even the fucking kids don't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> They're totally They're like, into what it. the hell is They're going like, on? That's not how this song goes. I know the other words. <laughs> it's it's so lady much freaking That's First not off, funny. This it's is about a farmer. It's about a farmer that would never wear a fucking mask. Let's start there. <laughs> Sorry. I will, I will never wear a mask and I will never let my children be masked up. And the moment that they started this bullshit, I pulled my kids out of every single program and would not let them go to anything that involved masks because there's no way I'm going to let them participate. And I told all the people that were running the programs that exactly why, exactly why I was like, because you are weak leaders and because you want to impose child abuse, we will never participate. Yeah. Yeah. I just pulled my kids out of a nature school. It's all it's all day outdoors. It's a nature program. And I thought it was going to be chill and cool. It has great reviews and people have gone to it before. But I learned of their COVID policies after I enrolled them. And they do this thing where the kids have to be two arms lengths apart. And if they can't do that, then they have to wear a mask. And I called the guy and he's like, they're hardly going to have to wear a mask. We mostly stay hardly. apart, except when they use the restroom, they have to put a mask on. And I was like, oh, is it a single stall bathroom? And he's like, it's a single stall bathroom. But there's studies now that show people can spread COVID to other people, even when they're not in the same area. So and I was like, oh, <laughs> we're pulling our kids. And so I pulled the kids. And sure enough, there's another program in Central Texas called Natureversity. That's ran by a like-minded freedom lover. And I was at a Freedom Cell event. It was actually Derek Rose's uh, activation tour. And this guy got up and he's like, I'm in Austin, Texas. I teach uh, kids about survival and nature at Natureversity in Austin, Texas. And I was like, hey, that's where my kids go. He's a Freedom Cell guy. So 
thought that was pretty cool. There's all, there's all these alternatives out there, I guess, is the point, the takeaway for folks listening. Like, we don't have to try to conform to these status things. We don't have to go try and get the school board to reform, which apparently is domestic terrorism now, according to the Department of Justice. <laughs> all these parents are, like, totally threatening and getting all up in the face of these school board members. And I even saw a protest out in front of a school board member's house. You know, yeah. when, when this type of thing happens, you think that the government would be like, yeah, we're really pissing a lot of people off. It's clear that these policies aren't very popular. Perhaps we should uh, tone it down a little bit. No, instead they get the Department of Justice to issue like FBI bulletins to keep a lookout on these folks. It's, it's ridiculous. But the, the important thing is let's do our own alternative things. Like Neeti was saying, let's form our own schools. Let's create our own nature programs. Let's do our own co-ops and uh, farmers markets and, and all this stuff. There's enough of us out there. There's a lot of us that think like we do. I'm, I think I'm most people what that do. looks like in Seattle, though, because I've heard about Oregon crackdowns and Washington crackdowns, and Brian lives there. Do you ever have to, like, go incognito in a mask to get supplies, or have you figured it out in your underground networks? It's, or do you just say, fuck it, I'm going where I want to go? I just completely ignore it shopping unless they have, like, like Walmart has the Nazis at the door with the recording pad that like marks down that you don't have one. Um, but they've given up like hounding everybody. Yeah. Um, what, what, is, what is that recording pad do? What are you talking about? Oh, they got a DNA little, sample. They, yeah, they got an iPad or whatever. They sit there, a, like make a record of every person without a mask. So they have statistical analysis to run later. Well, they, in the beginning, they started horse. it just for capacity issues or something. They were doing that. Oh, you mean they just do yeah. like a, this kind of thing yeah, has one on and they make Click. sure like, Hey, do you want a mask? And I, you know, I just ignore them. So at that <laughs> point, the like other people will grab the free mask. I, you know, unless they're going to chase me down and if they give me a mask, then I'll throw it on um, just to get whatever the shit I have to get. Cause I'm at the store for a reason and I'm not going to burn my time to like go someplace else. But yeah, the, uh, you know, if I just need to run across the street to, if they give you a mask and you just hold it in your hand and keep walking, what happens? I don't know. I just try to like ride the wave, right? What are you going to do in like the middle of the prison yard? I don't want to get shanked. Yeah. Well, just, you know, I live in this town. The cops already hate me. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Good job. I run a duck farm in the neighborhood. Yeah, man. <laughs> you could get one of those mess masks. They hate, if they hate you, it's because yeah, exactly. they can't do nothing to you. If I was That's just nice. making meth, right? I'd just pay him off. It'd be good. So, I, do my, uh, I do my best. I hate him not. because he stood up for a blind person that was hit and run by a cop. That's yeah. why they hate you, right? Uh, yeah. That was, oh, how dare yeah, you. So just uh, cops being during, cops. During the COVID, so, I went down to the police station to meet with the commander that I had been texting with all morning. And when I got there, I was told that he wasn't on the premises and that the police station was closed. So I had my nine strapped on which I tapped looking at their security camera with my camera and said, well, motherfuckers, you are live on the internet. And I know Commander Grossnickel's in there because I've been chatting with him all fucking morning. You can read it. Zoom your camera in. And 30 seconds later, the fat fuck walked out of the building. So wow. trains his people. You had your tap. nine millimeter and you tapped it? Yeah, just tapped tap. my side. It's a, it's a, it's a constitutional carry state. What the fuck? I'm a citizen. Brian's like, you work for me. He told me the police me. station was closed. 
Are you kidding me? The fucking right. police station is closed. Uh, no, it's not. And magically, it wasn't. And then we went in and we had a nice Brian's like, really? Down, and I got a great video of the whole <clears throat> conversation. He's not so, fucking yeah, around. You can it's do whatever you want if you're retired law enforcement. You just, you know, your gangsters will back you up because it's a fucking gang. Yeah. Wow. A gang. Ain't that so, so as long Brian. as you just tell the gangsters, like, hey, you fuckers, I am not intimidated. Go yeah. past my no trespassing sign. Let's see how it goes. Yeah. Somebody's asking in the comments if uh, if we could post the Telegram uh, group for oh for Squatch uh, for it's attendees chat for I'll post it. Uh, it oh go to it's probably like on the website. Go to SquatchFest.site and click on the Telegram yeah. logo and you'll be in. There you go. Hey, I wanted to to plug something real quick that we're going to be doing here. Nicole is actually participating as well, and you know a lot of what we're talking about on this episode is how there is such a distinction between political jurisdictions and not only between different states within this country or within different countries, right? Like imagine being in Australia right now, but even within the same state, if you're in a city, big mega city often ran by the Democrats and everyone's all COVID crazy or out in the rural areas, it's night and day. So we are putting... I. I've been an activist for a long time now, and I've tried a lot of different strategies. And what I've come to realize is that I think in many ways, most of the big cities, are, it's kind of a lost cause there. It's where a lot of the technocracy is being rolled out. It's where a lot of the tyranny, it's where all this COVID stuff is taking place. It's where the smart city agenda is being rolled out, where they're going to interconnect everything with 5G and Internet of Things. So if we want real freedom... And, you know, Nicole and anyone living out in a rural town knows this. Uh, we got to get out of the cities and buy land. And I think a great thing to do is to build community, whether it's intentional community where everyone cooperatively buys the land or like in the holler where they have their own plots of land in their own places. But they all link up and support one another and do uh, cooperative dinners and share tractors and share supplies and tools. So we're putting together this summit. It's going to take place November 6th. It's absolutely free. You can go to exitandbuildlandsummit.com, exitandbuildlandsummit.com to check it out. And we're bringing together a bunch of big thinkers and a bunch of cool people that are going to share tips, strategies, tactics. Uh, Jack Spierko, of course, of the Survival Podcast is going to be speaking. Nicole Sauce is going to share with us uh, how they've done their community there. There's a Sunday event as well. Now, the Sunday event is uh, is a paid event, but we are going to hear from Joel Salatin, and there's going to be more workshops. It's going to be a little more in-depth. But we got Joel Salatin, Jack Spierko, Marjorie Wildcraft of the Grow Network. This woman, Cynthia Tina, she's the head of the Foundation for Intentional Communities. She's a total expert when it comes to building intentional communities. Uh, Derek Rose is going to talk to us about exit and build strategy. His idea is just to leave the U.S. altogether and go build down in Mexico, which is exactly what he's doing down in Morelia, Michoacan. Uh, we're going to hear from Ted Rao. Uh, this gentleman is behind the sociocracy movement, which is very similar to Freedom Cells. It's a decentralized decision-making uh, system, so people can all have consensus and buy-in. It doesn't have to be consensus, actually. Look at this lady here cooking up some beans or something on the fire. Nicole Sauce. Wild mushrooms, my friend. As I said. So there's all sorts of speakers that are going to talk. There's my lovely fiance there. 
Uh, hey, look at this guy. So there's going to be all sorts of great uh, speakers and talks uh, mm -hmm. from all sorts of different uh, areas, law, land development. We have a real estate panel. We're going to hear from brokers and we're going to share a lot of tactics and strategies. The real realtors and the brokers are going to share some secrets and how to avoid hidden fees and this, that and the mm -hmm. other. Again, it's absolutely free to register to watch the Saturday summit. There is a ticket for the Sunday events. Uh, you also get a digital download of all the events as well if you get that ticket. And people can go to exitandbuildlandsummit.com, exitandbuildlandsummit.com. We'll also invite you to join our Telegram community. And really what it's all about is like-minded people coming together, moving outside of the city, purchasing land and building community. And I strongly believe that if enough of us do that, we can link up our communities and we can build our own parallel society outside of the statist society. And eventually we can have a confederation of intentional communities and eco villages and we can opt the F out and uh, frolic around in, in the daisies and take psychedelics and stuff. I just got an update from one of the Squatch families this week, actually, that I'm kind of coaching how to get their own land. Sweet. Um, you can take advantage of the, the money right now and the demographic bubble. The baby boomers are dying. They've got land holdings. Their kids yep. don't want it. Mm -hmm. It's unloanable. So yeah. they can't get out. They're stuck with land. Their kids don't want the land. So what I coach the family to do is go talk to somebody with it on the market who's not selling. They actually got invited in, had a nice coffee. Nice. So... The deal was when the listing expires, which it will again, because it's a little overpriced, but who cares? It's doubling every freaking 11 months out here right now. So uh, when the listing expires, they're going to let it go the 90 days so they don't have to pay the back commission. He's going to write a land contract, take all the cash they have, right? They'll start making payments as a mortgage to him now in money. And the best thing that can ever happen to him is they stop paying. He throws them off the land, keeps all the money they've already paid, and sells it again at a new higher price. So once they sat down with him in the buying position and explained to him how he could only win not paying the realtor, not paying the fees, getting mm -hmm. cash now, setting up the sale because his kids didn't want to, right? It... it it opened the door for them and they're moving forward with it. So now they're nice. in a 30 day cooling off period each side. And they're going to are they them. owner financing? This is the only way people are going yeah. to sell land right now. The baby boom has so much stuff. There is no, like they're not lending on it. Banks aren't lending on it. Right. So how are they ever going to sell this? It is a lead balloon across their neck right now. Yeah. So the it's only a challenge way to get a land, land loan is have really good credit, have existing assets, and then they'll want down. something like 50% right. down. Yeah, it's like a lot. Yeah, it's undeveloped small. land is very yeah. different. Sometimes yeah. you can talk somebody into 20 or 25 right yeah. down. As long as it's, you know, I mean, you're handing them 10 or $20,000, whatever the percentage is, it's 10 or $20,000 they got today to start spending on, you know, everybody's got a wish list. Um, yeah, there's a lot of opportunity. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, they got past the fear of like, maybe it won't work. And sure enough, first guy they talked to, boom, moving forward. So nice. I would say the fear is the only thing really holding you back. Yeah, you got to believe you got to make a commitment to make it happen and figure out how. Uh, one thing we're going to do on Sunday also, 
that's the ticketed portion. The Saturday stuff is absolutely free. We're going to do intentional community speed dating. So for the people that Ooh. visit in person, there's still tickets to, to come to the event in person. It's in LaGrange, Texas. People are familiar with LaGrange because the awesome ZZ Top song. Does everybody know ZZ Top or is that just a Texas thing? You guys no, know. we know ZZ people know ZZ Top. Okay, good. Yeah, with a beard. Hey, yeah. Also, yeah. the young people like me, I'm just so young. All right. <laughs> well, it's in LaGrange, Texas. You can come in person. But we're going to do this intentional community uh, speed dating thing. So even if you're on Zoom, we're going to break people out based on interest and based on the region or the area that they want to move to. So the goal is to get like-minded people together to find common interest and common geographic desires and then to link them up because uh, like Nicole was saying, the down payment is often really freaking high to buy raw land compared to buying land with a house. And you can always buy like a small farmhouse that makes things a lot easier, right? Um, but if people come together and you have eight people, for example, or even four people, it makes it a lot more attainable because people can chip in and purchase uh, and put the money down for the down payment. And then, mm -hmm. and then it's like, well, what kind of legal structure do we have? We're going to talk about that as well. There's all sorts of different trusts and LLCs or one person uses their credit and then they're kind of like the head honcho and everyone else subdivides from there. And it's a, uh, it's pretty, you know, like a mystical thing to figure out, but we're hoping to make it easier for people by bringing all these experts together to share their wisdom. It should be really good. We, um, Joel just gave one of those talks when we were up in Virginia and, um, and, and there are so many, um, you know, ways of, of structuring these things and just communicating. Someone said to me, they couldn't believe that we would want to be in a, um, it would be so risky to be in a relationship like that with somebody who's a landowner because we personally know landowners here as well who we've been having conversations with and i said you think it's risk it's a greater risk for me to have any kind of financial arrangement with another human being versus me having that with some corporation that doesn't have any uh human uh sensibilities or any conversation i mean there's nobody for me to have a conversation with i was like this is part of the training. This training that's happening, like that preschool video that we just saw, that's the training that those poor children are going to have, is that this is the only way to go, is to be muzzled and, you know, behave and sing these bad songs that they don't even feel excited about even right now. <laughs> I mean, what in the world? I mean, anybody who's out there who thinks that it is a greater risk to 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 be in in a financial arrangement like that with another human being versus doing that with a corporation um i don't think so i don't think so my my relationship with any other human being and me being on their land and me paying them money on their land versus me having that same relationship with a corporation is less risky that person is going to have more empathy I'm going to have more, more, I'm going to, I'm going to feel more obligated to pay it and they're going to feel more obligated to offer me grace versus a corporation. Well, the trick is to come in in these circumstances and just provide so much value to whoever the homeowner is or the property owner, like become an integral part of the community, help out on the farm, help, uh, help with errands or whatever. Just be a good steward, a good person. And, one thing we're going to talk about too is conflict resolution because right. you know yeah, that's we want thing. to do an intentional community and 
my my fiance kind of she's my I got engaged by the way, which is pretty cool. So and I announced it on Facebook. We we I shared we like became engaged on Facebook, of course. And then of course I'm getting messages like, hey, congrats, but you're not going to get a license, are you? And I'm like, of course I'm not going to get a freaking <laughs> license. Why is that a rhetorical question or what? Um, but either way, she wanted to do an intentional community like we're all come in co. We're all equal, right? Like it's a, a community cooperative kind of thing. But for my first property, I wanted it to be, you know, like George Bush said back in the day. If anybody remembers George W. Bush, uh, he said, "It's a, it's a heck of, a, it'd be a heck of a lot easier if it was a dictatorship, just as long as I'm a dictator." That's what he said. So, but that was kind of my sentiment. Like at least the first place, I got two kids. I don't want to have any instability or uncertainty. I want to be the property owner, and then we can bring a community together that can rent or that can, uh, you know, help out with whatever and do like a wolf farming kind of thing. But the next thing I want to do is this co-equal thing. But like I was saying, at the end of the day, as long as you have mature, emotionally mature people, and ideally one of the tips that I want to share in the event is like put together an event or work on projects together with the people before you go in jointly on land, right? Like, oh, yeah. Or two. Because when <laughs> conflict arises, it's really telling how people respond. That That's really where the rubber meets the road, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I'm excited that you're putting this event on, John, because a lot of people ask, they see our various communities doing really cool stuff, right? And they say, like, how do you get that going? And then we tell them the answer, which is you go develop relationships with people and you get it going. That's like at the, yeah, at the purest, most simple thing. Yeah. It's not more complicated than that. But then they have questions like conflict resolution or how do you do ownership and all of these things. And the answer is that can be different for everybody. You yeah. can right. tailor that to your community. But if you don't have awesome, strong, very trusting relationships with the people you do something like this with, it's a lot harder, I think. And so getting to an event like yours, I think, is really important because that one-on-one -on -one relationship in person is key. If you have in-person tickets left, guys, go get those tickets. Yeah, there's uh, we only have room for 100 people and we've already sold like 35 tickets or so. And then some of them are for volunteers. So uh, it's a great opportunity. Uh, the flights are cheap as hell. You do have to wear a mask on a plane. That's the one thing I haven't been able to get around. Right. That's Although, why I'm driving 14 hours to go to this event. That's how you get around. I'm not wearing a mask in my car. I got a time ban on Alaska. I fake. used fake mask. I used it. Yep. Fake, fake mask. mask. Hey, hey, nice. Dowie, I, I, I did it. Look. The best was when I, I have only flown once since this whole crap started because I wasn't going to do it. I've been driving, but I was with Nicole and them in Tennessee and I had to fly home so I could get here in time because every week I got to be back here in time for the CSA. I get on the, I go into the airport. I have my fake mask in my hand. <laughs> I didn't even put it on and I carried it everywhere past all the police officers past all of off and I have my 1776 baseball cap on as I'm walking through the airport no one says a single word I get up to go get my ID checked or whatever through security and the guy goes hey can you just look at me for a minute can I see your face because I had my my 1776 baseball cap on and I'm looking and I go you didn't ask all them mask people all those mask bandits you didn't ask them to come show you their face but anyway I don't even have my mask on so he, he smiles. He's like, okay, this is great. You can walk this way. And so I go all the way in. I get all the way to the top of the gangway and the guy zaps my car, my uh, ticket and he goes, 
they're going to want you to put that on right before you get on the plane. So I just want you to know you're going to have to do it right before you get on. Okay. I was like, okay. And I had it in my hand all the way. I get to the plane door. And as I'm walking onto the plane, I put it on. I don't even know how to do it because I haven't worn one. And the one stewardess is like, welcome aboard. And the other one is like, is that the only mask you have? (laughs) I was like, I was like, what? She goes, yeah. do you not have another mask? I said, I have my mask on, see? <laughs> and she she handed me a blue mask, and she's like, you're going to have to wear this on top of that. Yeah. And the lady, and I'm sitting on the front row, and um, the lady who I'm sitting beside, she goes, I don't think she's, and I'm meanwhile just holding her blue mask thing in my hand the whole time until she does the tray table thing. And then now she's like, okay, you're going to have to put it on before we go. And I was like, like, whatever. Like, you want to talk about somebody on a power trip. Oh, no, yeah. We need a Patriot airline. Yeah, well, yeah I was hoping Southwest would stand West up. Coast they're not doing it. They're trying to do a Freedom Freedom Airways. Uh, Dolores Kale. I don't know what happened with that. Well, we've we've already talked about two different events. This is what's so beautiful about this movement and this community. There's just so much stuff popping off. We really have such a, a huge, a huge network and community all over the country and the world. But, Nicole, you're going to be uh, doing something here in, in Tennessee here pretty soon. Is this something you're putting on or you're just a part of or what, what's it all about? It's a collaborative effort between me and John Willis at Special Operations Equipment. Hi. If you don't know who he is, like, check him out. He makes really awesome gear for, you know, anything from bags to put things in to belts that will hold your gun clip. He does all of his work in 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 the U.S., so it's it's at a commercial sewing facility in Camden, Tennessee, and we decided to take our two networks and put them together, and anybody else who wants to come to do Self-Reliance Day, and the way we put this together is we just put it out to our networks, who wants to do a demo on October 23rd, and, and these people signed up. I'm going to be adding about three more, I believe, before. I'm going to do a ham radio one that's being added to the list, but we've got welding we've got ham radio how to build stairs like how to look at something and figure out the rise of the stairs and then figure up the materials and put that in i'm doing a cheese making demo we're going to have freedom talks that we're we're doing throughout the day it's going to be a really fun time small engine maintenance from 10 in the morning till four and then at four o'clock it converts from the self-reliance festival to the party for the rest of the night (laughs) at special operations equipment tickets are only 30 bucks in advance. And this is a way you can go get to know people. I keep saying it. I say it over and over. We need to know people in person. We need to have their phone numbers. We need to know where they live. I, I talked to somebody who asked me, how do I prep in an RV? And the first thing I thought of is figure out where you can put little caches of things throughout the country if you're worried about having access to consumables and then have the addresses and then have an actual road atlas and and an idea how to get your routes there because you can't always trust your GPS to work in every situation. Some, you know, if I had to leave here and go to Willis's right now in an emergency, all I need is a car with gas and I can get there as long as roads are still passable, you know, as long as they're not flooded out or something. And I can do it on the freeways, but I can do it off the freeways. And I think getting to know people in person and knowing that you can trust them and count on them is really important. So that's the Self-Reliance Festival. Just grab your tickets at livingfreeintennessee.com. Tickets go up to 50 bucks as we get closer to the event. So get them while they're cheap. Where is it again? What city? 
Camden, Tennessee, which is about an hour south of of south ish <laughs> southeast of of Nashville. Y'all have a great community. Southwest. I got my SOE bag right here. Yeah. Oh wow, that actually looks kind of stylish. 50-gallon drums. Yeah, we got Sean Mills doing this, like, how to get up your small solar system, like, solar off-grid system, an attainable one instead of, like, the big roof thing on that does my whole house. He's going to talk about little steps you can take. It's going to be fun. John's got really stylish stuff, John. You would love his stuff. His bags are are lovely. I love it. And this, everything he makes is also waterproof. Like this can turn into a cooler. I can dump all the stuff out that I have in it. I bet it's made in America. It's, it's made, made in America. USA. Tennessee. Tennessee. That's what he'll say. You know, Tennessee, you know, we, we talk about places to live and stuff. I think my favorite states, the best states, I believe, for freedom are Texas, Florida, Tennessee, Oklahoma, and New Ooh. Hampshire. And these are because of relative freedom and because of the community that's there and away from statist hellholes, especially. So, you know, it's all about how bad people want things, because if you're living in one of these total democratic hellholes, it's just like, do you have any intention to move out of Seattle or do you have family there? What's the story with that, Brian? Um, I bought acreage, uh, what, five or six years ago. Um, so I'm pretty committed to like, but that's y'all have community the up there, huh? the end of the end of the end of the road. Yeah. And yeah. it makes a big difference if you have a badass community, even though you're kind of in a status hellhole, it sounds like there's a lot of agorism and a lot of cool people that you guys are building stuff with. Yeah. Our one option is do we cash in the city farm because it's worth, you know, it's a bunch of money and go buy like literally 40 acres and a farmhouse in the Northeast with like a quarter of the cash. Oh <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it, I, it, that's a good place to be. That, yeah. I, I think I'm going to be trapped if I don't, if, if we don't execute a sale this spring and I don't know if you make it to this spring before the financial collapse kind of, kind of is on the way. But uh, so, yeah, we're having a, you know, we are having discussions in the homestead daily. Have you nice. thought about getting a backup like bug out location that's completely in in one of the freer places in the country? Yeah, Papa RV out you there. You forget or... how many people that I like traveled with a lot for thirty years and yeah. lived with the sales crews. I I have good friends in every city and town in the USA. So if I need, yeah. yeah. So our other option too, right, is is peel sell the place get a nice drivable RV, our land, plus everybody else we know's place if we're just 100% luxury mobile. So, yeah, nomading's a great freedom lifestyle as well. It's like, a, you know, there's costs and benefits to it, but to right. be able to, what Janis Joplin said, freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. So if you don't even have a house or land you got to worry about, you can just bug out wherever you want. Well, it's the mental connectedness, right? Just like the mask thing's done when you're done with it people and kids and ties i would blow to the wind and get out of the u.s if it was just myself and me um go build a coffee farm someplace fun but there's you know lots of considerations it's a it's a long game it's not don't don't react quickly ride the way take advantage of things when it's time 
yeah, have a plan and a strategy. Don't get caught in reactionary mode. Yeah, Rob brought up a great point as far as meeting people and adding value, like volunteering and just going and being a good person, right? Like uh, one of my early mentors had this concept of building shared value based on shared values. So you, you have we have common values, freedom, bodily autonomy, right? Self-reliance, and you build value with folks that have those same values. You help people, you show up. If, if someone's in need, you just lend a helping hand. And I think that's a really great way to establish connection and, and build trust, which is it's more important than ever, you know? And one thing that I appreciate about COVID is it's showing us who our tribe is. And it's really becoming more and more clear, this two Americas and this fracturing that's taking place. In many ways, we can choose what meaning that has for us. And I choose to be grateful for it. Well, it's funny because every time I run into a barrier or a boundary or or something I need to get through that's that's come because of the increase in regulatory environment, which does happen. I mean, it's pretty free here, but I still run into things almost always. If I just ask the networks that I'm in, somebody has a solution for me and it's usually just quiet. It's a quiet question. Hey. I need to find X. I, I'm not allowed to buy X for whatever reason. And can you help me get it? And then they do. <clears throat> and it's this whole underground network that has, it's always been there, but now we know it's there and it's becoming more formalized. Well, yeah, it's becoming more organized. Living with integrity has always been really important, but I think that right now it's more important than ever. And so practicing, you know, uh, integrity uh, I don't think there's, you know, a lot of people just, I mean, the majority, I've always said that I work with eaters and not consumers because consumers are those irresponsible, you know, programmed uh, people who are, you know, supporting the corporatocracy, which, which I'm, I have nothing to do with. And so I have to retrain the, the, you know, the, uh, programmed consumers and teach them how to be eaters. A lot of people don't like that. And I'm like, well, when you're eating, when you're an eater, you have to take responsibility. You have to be responsible for yourself. And if you can't take responsibility for yourself, I don't want to have anything to do with you. So you can't participate here. Yeah. You know? Heck yeah. Yep. And there's a lot of people are just consumers instead of producers too. A lot of people don't add value. I've been, saying this for a while now and i really think that we're there's like the the western civilization especially the united states it's kind of like in a period of decline and decay right now right and overall right we just talking about all these beautiful things that are being built and created that we're a part of but like bigger picture in the mainstream society well, like it's all these supply chain issues now and well, everyone's at each other's throat and people are losing their jobs and no, no just the centralized care. stuff is doing that john only the centralized stuff is collapsing which i mean yeah. i read about this it's it, it was unsustainable to begin with so yeah. all the centralized lies are collapsing and the truth mm -hmm. is being reborn that is all and you yeah. all the lies are falling apart so, yeah, the system has to decay so that you can have something to build. Correct. Because oh, it's yeah. not solid. It's not real. I mean, they, like, made up these fake jobs to go with these fake things that they just made up with this fake money. <laughs> and then, you know, anything that's real and tied to the soil is what's going to be left standing and everything else is not. And anything that's real and tied to the soil has integrity. And like, so if you're not honoring it, 
then you are not going to make it. You just won't. If you think about how many jobs, like I used to work in big food, like ConAgra, that kind of thing. In, mm -hmm. in a 27 story office building, 12 of those stories, like literal stories of people at desks, hundreds across, were to keep score of the advertising budget, to keep score of the sales budget, mm -hmm. to, to, to render legal opinions. Like all of that is AI'd. Like, right. It's they, they like literally those 11 stories of people, 50% are useless, like literally, literally useless. useless. Correct. So it, it, th this whole COVID thing is just a head fake. So once you get beyond, like, it's yep. really, it's about the money and the people. They have yep. to do something with them. That's why Anthony Samroff's book on, on UBI is like, he was ahead of the curve to it. They're going to move to it. So at some point we got to stop, like fight the wave or don't fight the wave. It's going that way because what are you going to do with the people whose only expertise is like putting things in assets and debit columns and accounting for the IRS where it's all going to just be instantaneous. They want mm -hmm. anything of them. It's going to be so obsolete, so hard, so fast. Get yep. a skill. Like, there's enough mm -hmm. time for a beer drinking sitting on the couch. Like it's done. Get up, learn something. Take a something. class. Anything real. Anything real. Yeah. Do it. Do it now. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's going back to the. It's like there's these. Uh, it's a pendulum. Yeah. So it's like old school, traditional ways, low tech, right? But connected to the earth, and then it swings into this AI technocracy kind of thing. But then. Most people just go along to get along, but a lot of people are like, no, no, no. And there's this pushback and a swing back. And it's like, what, what's valuable? So in the nineties and the two thousands, what was valuable was like coding and, and, uh, sitting behind a desk, right? And that's still valuable. I like this whole solar punk concept where it's like, mm -hmm. it's permaculture, it's return to the land, but it's also automation and connectivity with one another, right? But Correct. it's swinging back now, and the value, I think, is going to shift away from computer desk work back to, like, hands-on practical skills. Yeah, we're totally I mean, in the process of tokenizing our interactions here in the holler because some people put in more labor. Some people put in more external capital of some sort. And to figure out how that works among each family as, as regards the shared food we're growing... I just figured it's like we need holler dollars to, to figure it out. It, it's cool. how you track that because different people put in a different amount and that's fine. Yeah. You mean like work that they put in or uh, effort or value they add or what do you mean? Yeah, work, effort, money. Because sometimes we do buy things from off property, right? That takes money. It's not like we're able to feed. We're, we're not currently able to feed all our animals from everything we produce here. So things come from off property and... That means that money goes into the system. And what I figured out, I'm still working on the legal structure, is if we corporatize ourselves, then we don't have, it's an interdepartmental transfer as opposed to a person-to-person -person transfer, um, which is helpful yeah. uh, in the tax tax uh, column of, of my life. So you all going to start a corporation? Probably. We probably already have one. Uh. Maybe. Like an S corp or a C corp or do you know specifically? Right now, if we use the existing corporation, it'll be an S corp. It will not be a nonprofit. Um, it'll be an S corp, and we'll have departments. We'll have livestock and 
coffee and podcasts and training, those sorts of things. Cool. Well, it'll have to pay a corporate tax, but I guess everyone... It already does, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's only if you get income from outside, right? I mean, you, you I guess you have your filing fee every year, but... Y'all could put all your cars on the corporation's tab, too. <laughs> yeah. And that's all a deduction. There's all right. Stuff. You should put all the um, equipment on there. Heck, yeah. You could right. even actually trust the land that way, probably. Probably. Not sure I'm willing to do that with my land right now, but... Right. That's a different conversation for a different time. Yeah, we should do an episode soon on all these little legal structures and stuff. And Yeah, and really for me, I'm in the exploration phase. So I can't tell you, hey, if you become a corporation and do all of these things, then this is what happens exactly. I'm talking to, to advisors about that because I, I, I know that if we produce 20 chickens and each chicken is approximately in us dollars worth 25 bucks a chicken. And then my neighbor next door has put in $500 worth of work here that, you know, even te I mean, technically if anybody knows that's going on, then that barter transaction can be taxed. But if he is the head of maintenance and I'm the head of animals, then it's just, <laughs> his maintenance time for this chicken. It's an, it ends up being a watch. Right. Yeah, it's it, it, it's it's within the corporation. The ledgers could manage that. Right. And then, you know, if I can have holler dollars on this device here, then it's easy to track where we're at. Now, that's catchy. Holler dollar. Yeah. yeah. Call it that. That's just true. Holler dollar. It, it rhymes. In I so like many ways. Living demand. free in Tennessee, holler dollars, you know. I love so it. So with the collapsing of the centralized systems, the government will be collapsing as well. And so when all of this is all collapsing, it'll be interesting to see how any of that matters anyway. Yeah, they're so overwhelmed and overloaded and just like having so much trouble keeping tabs on themselves. And they're like entering this debt crisis right. and they're all bickering amongst themselves. It's, it's lovely. It's lovely to watch. I'm having a great time just watching them in their chaos. All right. Well, we got about five minutes left. Why don't we do a round robin and go around the circle and everyone can share uh, maybe some advice that they have on how to deal with this division? Because, you know, we, we're all positive people and not victims here, but sometimes there is a struggle when services that you like or flying or family or friends. So maybe we can go around and provide a little advice to the listeners on how they can cope with this fracturing and this division amongst the two Americas. America. America. You want to share first there, scrambling, scrambled eggs? Uh, at least I had three ways to get a signal out, huh? There you go. <laughs> he keeps uh, falling off. Uh, well, my other ones ran out of battery and they don't, uh, blah. Anyway, ways to get it together. Okay, uh, don't bring it up! Talk about everything else in the nice. world. Go do stuff. Go back to like, go. I started going back to NFL games and just enjoying it. And people who are like, blah, blah, don't do football. Fuck off. I love it. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Festivals. I went to, I, I went Labor Day, went to three day fish fest, hugged out in tons of hippie chicks, which Candace did not like, but it was fun. So yeah, do stuff and just don't talk about it. Like, Talk about everything else. There's a whole world. It's a head fake. Move on. You have kids, lives, families, businesses. Do something for real. Don't spend your life in the bullshit. I love that. 
That's great. I love it too. I envy sometimes a lot of folks that are just living their lives and coming home and watching sports because a lot of people, a lot of people in our community, myself included, like we take ourselves too seriously. And in many ways, that's not freedom when we're enslaved by all these scary thoughts and big picture things. You know, sometimes it's important just to let loose and, and live. What do you got over there, Dowie? What's some of your parting words? Yeah, I'm I'm trying hard to be a football guy, but the dictator in Erie County banned me from the stadium. So, uh, still oh my God! Why? Want double secret probation? I'm a second class citizen without my shot, so I can't go to games anymore. Oh man! Oh, so there's that. I have tickets, so hey, those are for sale. So, um, well, whatever it is, what it is. So you know, I uh. I think you just got to make something for yourself, you know, and just in general, I know I've, I kind of regurgitate this theme a lot, but you just have to, you know, as far as I, I feel like if you're working a job right now, you're, you're, and it's a big company, you're kind of going to be trapped at some point. You're going to have to make a decision here. It seems like maybe like they are wavering a little, which is great. Um, I mean, obviously OSHA hasn't done their thing and, and they're kind of, you know, I, it might have been a carrot and a stick move by the government, but if you're in a big company, organize. They can't run that sure. shit without you. And if sure. they do kick exactly. you out, throw sand in those gears. But better yeah. work for yourself. Yeah, well, yes. that's the real opinion, <laughs> no, right? But but no, I mean, and I know that's easily keep said. The machine, fuck the machine up on yeah. your way out. It's easily <laughs> said. Oh, work for yourself. And I know everybody's like. It, it, I was there where you're like, yeah, but what do I do? What do I do? Because I was once in corporate, you know, restaurants yeah. or whatever. And it's like, it's so hard to figure it out. But once you program your mind yourself to keep your eyes open for that stuff, those opportunities, those things that yeah. come along, you end up doing what Brian, what Brian did with the, uh, with the land thing and the, uh, the, the festival thing with the squash thing, which is amazing. Uh, you end up finding stupid barrels for sale. You end up roasting coffee. Over there, yeah. I, I'm backwards. It throws me off. Oh, no. We got two coffee roasters now, man. Yeah, yeah, you just do stuff. Oh, yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. So, like, you just got to keep your eyes open, and when the opportunity presents itself, kick that fucking door down and take advantage of it, you know? And, that's, <laughs> do it. and then do what he said. Don't talk about it. I don't talk about it with people, you know, and if somebody has something that's separate from what you think, like, just breeze over it, move on to the next thing. Like, who gives a shit? You know, if we all – in ignore it as a whole isn't it just a 10th amendment style move right i mean nullify it's my favorite word (laughs) it's just it's mass nullification to the mass programming if we all just continue to go fuck it i'm not paying attention to that yeah that's a good point too like focus on things that we have in common and for many people football or sports or just that kind of fun stuff. But you know what every, everybody has in common? Everybody likes food. Yeah. We can always talk about food and meals and gardens. Oh. And people people love that stuff. It's Wingtober. What? <laughs> Wingtober. Right. I love Ooh, I got to use that one, Dowie. Yeah. I got to oh, remind them what you have to do for Wingtober. I'm not it's a thing. <laughs> We have Taco Tuesday. We could do a whole show just on Wingtober. I'll do a really? whole show on Wingtober. Oh, yeah, I have rules. Oh, yeah? Uh, you, you folks don't realize that as soon as an egg hatches, those wings belong to me. <laughs> I, just, I just allow you people to indulge. 
Very nice. <laughs> uh, we've been going to Wingstop a lot. It's uh, it's not the best chickens, obviously. It's totally Passable. factory farm, but it's damn good. Yeah. I gotta say. <laughs> so Sally, we've been, I've been I've been teaching everybody to do buffalo backs, so that's what we're doing with our chicken backs. Because you know you end up with so many chicken backs, and I am the lazy. I don't want to use all the chicken backs for soup because I want to use the drumsticks for soup because I don't want to pick all the bones. So we have really meaty backs. And we make them into buffalo chicken, like buffalo chicken style, buffalo backs. And they're super meaty and they're super delicious. And I don't have to pick all the meat off of them. I just roast them, stick them in the middle of the table. And everybody has like more, you know, buffalo chicken meat to eat than they ever would have otherwise. So doesn't mean that we don't do the wings too, but we have, we do buffalo back night. Nice. So, what's, your, what's your bit of advice, your parting words, Neefy? I agree. I mean, look, I've been over here creating my own reality for a very long time, and I <laughs> highly recommend it. Yeah. Um, you know, I just walk around my shirts that I make up, and, you know, these are for sale. If anybody wants to log into my website and order one, you can have one, too, at farm2forkmeatriot.org. And um, also get a copy of my book while you're there. But I, I really just believe that you should just do anything that you want. Whatever you're doing right now, just do that same thing for yourself. You don't need to, if you are working in the corporatocracy, it's all collapsing. And there are so many people out here that want to work with you without following those rules that you don't want to follow either. So I highly encourage you, you don't have to really change anything that you're doing, do it for yourself. It might require a little more education. I mean, everything I'm doing is requires a lot more weirdnesses because I'm not allowed to do what I'm doing. I'm, I mean, like technically, um, I'm not allowed to coach or teach or talk about health or talk about food or anything that I'm doing. Everything I say is illegal. So I decided to become the high priestess of the pasture and I created a food church and I just do whatever I want. And nobody can stop me. And the FDA has tried to stop me. And the USDA has tried to stop me. And the CDC and the NCDA and every every DA and, uh, you know, oh, like all it. the regulators try to come after me. And I just tell them to kiss my grits because I'm just not going to stop. And you can, you can do the same thing, too. You can, too. And if you want help, just call me. I mean, I help you. I help you guys. Hell, yeah. Very well said. All right, what do you got, Nicole Sauce Master? 100% in on everything everybody said already. And what, what I want to say, yeah, I'm, I'm echoing some somewhere. Um, I get I get reverb. That's because I was a rock singer. Um, decide what really matters to you. I think a lot of us have gone into this and seen what's happening, and then they get choked and scared. But decide what really matters to you, what's really important. Once you know what's important to you, then you can approach it with love and develop relationships that yeah. you need and find alternatives to the things that really matter to you. So if, if traveling by plane really matters to you and seeing your friends in Europe and also what matters to you is not exposing yourself to an experimental uh, gene therapy, well, figure out a different way to get there. Figure out a different way to get that done. If the, you know, over time, I think we will see more and more alternatives come up. They're probably going to cost more money, but have the courage to stand up for what really matters to you. And especially now, now is when we stand up. We don't have to be violent. 
we can stand up peacefully for what matters to us the most, whether it be existing in a normal society without forcing other people to change their behavior when it's unnecessary, whether it be living your life the way you want to in the middle of Hicksville, Tennessee, like I do, whatever your, your thing is, stand up for what matters to you, find the courage, and then just got to hold that line. It's hard right now. It's hard to, to have courage, I think, in some of the places where it feels like you're the minority, and that is part of their marketing campaign. They want you to feel like you're the minority. I don't think you really are. I, every time I go on a trip, I'm talking to people and I'm finding out even the people who are all in on the virus, you know, most of them are not all in on mandates and forcing people to do stuff. They're just worried and scared of the virus. Just because they're scared of the virus doesn't mean they're your enemy. And I think the more you get out and talk to people, the more you'll find out what the reality is. And then the easier it is for a herd animal, which humans are, to stand up and have the courage. Some people have an easier time with courage, but once you know what matters, you can find the courage and you can do it. And the more of us who do that now, the faster we get to that part of this transition where we're building the new thing rather than watching the old thing crumble. I love it. Wow, look at all this wisdom getting dropped here. I hope everyone's really soaking this up. Uh, um, I just want to echo everything that's been shared. And one thing that I've really been riffing on and, and vibing on is uh, with Live Pre Academy, um, my business, I like to teach and encourage people to have a sovereign mindset, right? A sovereign mm -hmm. mindset. So that means that you are the highest authority over your own mind. And oftentimes people in our community included are carrying out a program where they're caught in a trap. They're not masters of their own destiny. They are reacting to external forces, whether it's parents influencing them in their childhood, bullies, media, television, even our media that people consume, conspiracy theories, fear mongering, like, Natural news always comes to mind. Like I know Mike Adams does a lot of great work, but a lot of their headlines and their titles and the angle is very clickbaity and very fear driven because it sells, I presume. And people get caught up into that. And so they think that they're all free and sovereign and they know all this stuff and we know COVID's a fraud, but they themselves are enslaved to their own obsession over this stuff, right? So I would want to encourage people to to be sovereign over their minds and to determine what it is that they want in life, what brings them the most joy and fulfillment, and to chart a course to go out and get that, to lay out strategies and goals so they can attain that and achieve that. And above all else, believe in yourself and make a commitment to yourself to go do those beautiful things. And I'm gonna close with a quote that Nicole sourced, I believe, that's very beautiful. It is, by someone named Henapola Guanartana. I don't know who that is, but it sounds like Siddhartha Guatemala or something. Um, <laughs> it says, mindfulness gives you time. Time gives you choices. Choices skillfully made lead to freedom. You don't have to be swept away by your feeling. You can respond with wisdom and kindness rather than habit and reactivity. Mm -hmm. and I think that's, that's a very right on. beautiful thing. All right. Well, I guess until next week, it's been great hanging out with all you guys. Hong Kong.
Thank you to everyone that tuned in live. That's the podcast. Subscribe to the email. Subscribe to all the podcast feeds at unloosethegoose.com. And we're out. Honk, honk, motherfuckers. Honk, honk, motherfuckers. Unloose the goose. We'll take no views. Your paradigm's run out of time and we've got no use.